For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon. Joined by Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. We've completed our preseason positional previews. Now today, we will be talking about our general thoughts on the early college football that we've seen, the few games that have been played, as well as doing our own preseason mock draft. Before we know what those final rankings are, we're going to be doing a mock draft of the top 15 picks like we have previously done on our other show before we transitioned over to Believe. So guys, this has been very shocking in a, in a word, seeing that there's being college football played. There was a, a UCA game twice now, University of Central Arkansas played, and we're getting a lot of college football today when we are recording this on Saturday. I'm, I'm just curious to hear, and Ryan, why don't we head to you first? What are your, some of your early thoughts and takeaways from these games because the one thing that has stood out to me so far is the general sloppiness and high amount of mistakes. I mean, first and foremost, Joe, I know as an FCS guy yourself, right, like seeing Central Arkansas play two games in six days is pretty insane. So <laughs> shout out quickly to the FCS. But I, I would agree, you know, there's been some really sloppy play. I think we've seen it, you know, even just looking at stat, uh, the box score a little bit with some of this quarterback play. You know, Braylon Smith had a tough first game. It was a little better this past uh, week against um, UAB in their second game. So it looks like it's trending in the right direction. But, you know, the Austin P quarterback was all over the place. There's some, you know, penalties and offensive lines don't really look like they're in sync, obviously, early on, which, you know, is to be pretty expected from an early season game either way. But I think that, you know, those limited off seasons and, and you know, getting started late and, and having to restart and all those different factors that really threw wrenches into what normally would be a, you know, more of a machine-like atmosphere in, in the preseason, right? Like we're, you know, constantly trying to get those timing things down and, and make sure that everybody is cohesively fitting well together. But, you know, unfortunately, it is just the state of the world that we're in. Some things are a little disjointed. So that has led to some early you know, inconsistencies on the playing field. But, you know, I, I think I can speak for the, all of us here that I'm just happy to have some semblance of football back. Uh, we have some games today. Uh, you know, college game day was on this morning where, where we're recording right now. So it, it's a lot of fun, and I'm just looking forward to watching some more football. But, yes, I would agree that it definitely it has affected the crispness of offensive and defense early on here. Yeah, and I'm really intrigued. Like you said, first and foremost, just excited to have football back. Uh, and we're going to start seeing, I think starting next week is when we're going to start seeing some of these ACC teams play. And, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see exactly how 
game ready, the power five teams are the Clemsons. You know, North Carolina is supposed to be a team, you know, a school this year that's supposed to to be up and coming with Sam Howell at quarterback. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, we kind of expected everyone going into this season with the way it's gone down. Uh, for there to to be some kinks that need to be worked out after the first game or two, uh, as as Ryan alluded to, but I'm really interested to see to to what degree that is true uh, with these Power Five programs. Uh, the biggest takeaway I had, as far as you know, someone that really stood out to me in these games, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, is a junior wide receiver from South Alabama, Jalen Tolbert. I mean, he was all over the field. You know, as far as just someone that that kind of stood out to me. Uh, as far as just looked better than everyone else on the field was Jalen Tolbert. I think he had it was uh, six receptions, seven receptions. I think it was six. I think he had 169 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this guy was all over the field. Um, so I was excited to watch that one this past week. Uh, this this you know just getting football back in general is just so exciting. You know, it's just it's exactly what we need, and it's coming at a great time. So. Uh, you know, just excited to see exactly where these big schools are at currently in just their development of trying to be the uh, to compete at the highest level. So um, with with the offseason, with the pre, you know, summer, the summer being the way it was, it's kind of what we expected. The sloppiness like y'all talked about, y'all talked about the, the, the interceptions, the fumbles. Um, but, you know, obviously that'll be sorted out as the season goes on. I'm just I'm excited once we get into uh, these power five schools and seeing how, where they're at currently. Right. And I think the one big thing with all of this is fans need to be a bit patient with how things are going to look. You can't overreact because guys that are supposed to be top players at the division one level are struggling. Teams as a whole are committing turnovers egregious penalties there's going to be a lot of that stuff for the first three weeks of college football you have to take into account how right now there are uh, there has been limited amount of preparation for the start of this season there has not been an ability for the season to start normally with a normal training camp things are very very spaced out the amount of practices were limited. There was a gradual lead up in terms of conditioning and training and all that stuff. So it, it is going to take a few steps before we actually get to the point where, where it's normal college football. Speaking of football being played, we are finally here for the NFL season. Football is back. and You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I love using Bet Online for anything when it comes to betting, whether it is props, trying to make a little extra money here or there, anything when it comes to betting. If I want to use it, I am using Bet Online as my source. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place. Online and there's always the online casino ad as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take full advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, let's get into the thing that our listeners are here for, which is this early mock draft, the earliest possible mock draft. We're going to do it like we've always done it. We'll rotate picks, take turns, making selections. 
The first person on the clock, and I think this is fair to say, I should always be the first one on the clock because I am the less seasoned analyst here for out of all the uh, the, the draft hosts on this show. Uh, I'm not a, a tape watcher like you guys. That being said, the Jacksonville Jaguars are pretty much a lock at this point to have the first overall pick. Guys, I'm not going to overthink this one. The pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars... Everyone wants to say that they are in on Gardner Minshew, but they are going to go with Trevor Lawrence. They wouldn't be making all of these moves to slide this far down and be this weak of a roster to not go and get a quarterback. If you end up with the first overall pick and you are a little bit uncertain of your quarterback situation, you should not be investing in the long term in a guy that is a high-end backup. Draft Trevor Lawrence. Don't think twice. Don't look back for 10 to 15 years. No, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, you know, you, you're getting your franchise quarterback. I don't think you're winning a Super Bowl, no matter how good the roster is around them with Garner Minshew. So uh, do I think that they'll be that he's the savior? Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and turn this franchise around with this yes. current roster? It's not even close. It's not even a question. Well, yes. I, I, yeah, he said yes. Yes. He is the savior. <laughs> He's going to save everything. He's got that long flowing locks. He is the new touchdown Jesus. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> is saving the day from the Minshew era. Let it end. I, I, I like Minshew too. Like he's a solid. I think he's a, a good stopgap starter, spot starter, backup option quarterback. Like he fits those roles. He's not the long-term investment. And if you have the first overall pick, you're not going to pass up on Trevor Lawrence because you have Gardner Minshew. That's right, right. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna waste your time and say, oh, we're we have a better quarterback on our roster now than Trevor Lawrence. We're more confident in Gardner Minshew because worst case, what you could do is trade Gardner Minshew after the draft or before the draft if he's unhappy. And doesn't want to stick around. You probably could get a desperate team looking for a really good backup or looking for him as a starter if they're, if they're in a really desperate spot. So, Ryan, you are now up with the second pick in this draft, that being the Washington football team. Yeah, and Washington has a similar but a slightly different conversation to have at the quarterback position. Dwayne Haskins was obviously a first-round pick last season in the 2019 NFL draft. So they have some draft capital invested at the position already. The problem here is, again, like if you're picking second overall, is the, if you're not sold on Dwayne Haskins, is that going to stop you from investing in that quarterback? So that's kind of where my mind immediately goes to. I'm also giving some thought to Penny Sewell with Trent Williams now over in San Francisco. But I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to try to invest into the quarterback where I can here, the second overall pick. So I'm going to go Trey Lance, North Dakota State, going to the Washington football team with the second pick. Yeah, and you're yeah. you're you're a uh, Trey Lance over Justin Fields guy, so that makes a lot of sense. And that's the biggest question when doing these mock drafts is, if Washington's sitting at two, Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer. He, he will have shown you two years in a row that, that he doesn't have what it takes to lead this football team. Uh, to get that next step. So if they're picking it two and they have the the chance at both of these quarterbacks, either one of them at this point, I mean, it, it's an upgrade. And I think it's the right decision for sure. And for the third pick, uh, I will be on the clock. It looks like with the Cincinnati Bengals is who we have here. 
not going to overthink this. You got your your franchise quarterback uh, in Joe Burrow with a first overall pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, Jonah Williams, we're, we're hoping, comes back and, uh, and, and proves to why he was a, the top offensive tackle in the draft as he was selected the year before after he missed the 2020 or 2019 season, I should say. Uh, but if you can pair Jonah Williams, who was that top tackle a couple years ago, with Penny Sewell, uh, that's a match made in heaven. So I think you're going to have a great young group uh, as far as quarterback and two outside tackles on that offensive line. I think that's a great way to protect Joe Burrow and allow him to do what he does best, and that's read the field, analyze what's in front of him, and make the best decision. So uh, Penny Sewell to the Cincinnati Bengals is my selection. Is there a more slam dunk pick if this happens in this situation? Right. Two quarterbacks go back to back, and then Cincinnati Bengals, who have needed offensive line help now for the last few years, have the best offensive tackle I've personally ever evaluated fall right into their lap with the third pick. Yeah, it it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, uh, if you can get that protector, I mean that he's arguably the best player in this draft. Uh, taken out of the taken out uh, positional value of the quarterback position, he's probably the best player in this draft. So to get him at three, you got the best player last year at the quarterback position, and now you're getting probably the best overall player taken out uh, positional value. I mean that's that's a great two year stretch for you. Absolutely. And now I see Joe, you have the interesting conversation now with the Carolina Panthers at four. You got you can go a lot of different ways here. I think. Uh, and I think the way that I want to go, the way that I'm leaning towards, and I'm going to f- speak out my thought process here, it's tough to make this decision right now because if Teddy Bridgewater does above average, they're not going to be picking at at four in this, this ordering that I took from Pro Football Network. If he does average and they're more up towards, like let's say, 10 or 12, they're probably not going to go with a quarterback. They're probably going to see what they can get from Teddy Bridgewater. If they're picking at four, they're going to be rethinking their future and maybe going with Bridgewater next season, but trying to develop someone for the future. I have to go with the best player at the FCS level. I have to go with Trey Lance. I can see this happening. Oh, you can because I took Trey Lance already. Oh, Trey you Lance did? Oh, my God. I'm a dumbass. Justin Fields. I completely blanked that you took him. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same player. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's too much of a difference in style of play. I can't believe I just did that. Uh, I would like to take <laughs> Justin. It's even written down. I would like to take Justin Fields as this pick. Regardless, going with a quarterback, if you're picking this highly, it makes the most sense to go, go with Justin Fields here. Absolutely. No, I, I like the pick a lot. I was like, man, we're double dipping on fields. You, know, you, just can't, you can't get the FCS love out of your heart, man. That's all. No, no. Yeah, I wanted him twice. <laughs> so speaking of having your future, Miami Dolphins already have two Tago Viola this past year in the 2020 NFL draft. So quarterback is not in the equation for them. So as this board is falling for me, it's a tough decision I'm thinking I'm, – I'm looking at the defensive line. I'm looking at linebacker. There's a few different spots I could go. Oh, man, I, I've been like pretty consistently giving them um, – I've been pretty consistently giving them Gregory Russo in mock drafts, but I'm, I think I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to give them Micah Parsons, the linebacker oh. from Penn State. They just let go of Raekwon McMillan. So they, they, their depth at linebacker isn't quite as good as it was a few weeks ago. I really like the moving chess piece in Micah Parsons. He can also bring some rush versatility to you. So I feel like he kind of hits those parts because I think Miami's biggest needs right now is 
you know, they have Kyle Van Noy that's going to add some pass rush reps to them, but he's kind of a similar mold to Michael Parsons. But I think that if you have both those players together, there's a lot of versatility that you can do both from a run stopping and a pass rush perspective. So Michael Parsons, Miami Dolphins with the fifth overall pick. The only thing that pains me so much with projecting linebackers this high, because I'm frankly someone who thinks we need to stop overthinking linebackers. And if a guy is talented enough, he should be drafted in the top five. I, it just pains me so much that we, we project a guy to go here at five and Parsons is good enough. But if we're being realistic, he's going to slide to like seven, eight, or even possibly 10 because teams are so old fashioned and refuse to take linebackers. This, we saw it happen with Isaiah Simmons last year. It happened with Devin White. I, I feel like it's bound to happen again. Yeah, I, I think the thing that Parsons has going for him, though, is, again, like all the versatility he brings, he's not just like, you know, limited to one thing. I know Isaiah Simmons was like a super versatile player, but he wasn't like a clean fit in it linebacker. You know, it was kind of like figuring out where he best fits in a defense. At worst, Michael Parsons, in my opinion, is a Mike or Sam backer. Like he can do that on a down to down basis. But then you add in the other attributes. I think that's why. For me, I, I think he's a pretty safe player to go top five, top ten. I think that that's like a very reasonable destination just with the athletic upside that he has. Well, this puts me in an interesting situation because uh, you stole my pick there, not going to lie to you. Uh, I had the yeah, New York Giants here. Uh, and that was going to be the slam dunk pick. I think you're getting a top three player. Uh, I was hoping to get here at six for the New York Giants. Um. So my, my, my mind goes to two players. It's it's obviously Greg Russo is in that conversation being being uh, versatile edge rusher with all the tools in the world. There's definitely help needed uh, on this defensive line. Uh, but I also was thinking, Caleb, Far I'm not sold on Greg Russo being this top six guy quite yet. I just I wish we had another year of film to really solidify him there. Uh, so a little bit of me, I know you won't like this, Ryan, because I know where you have him ranked in your cornerback rankings, but Caleb Farley is a thought here um, just because that that outside of James Bradbury, I'm not sold on any of those corners. I think they have a bunch of young guys, though, so I'm not going to love yeah. it, but I'm going to go with Greg Russo. They have a lot of guys that uh, they can test this year. Um, I feel like one of them's going to stick. Obviously, losing DeAndre Baker with all the issues he's had uh, kind of hurts them being that first-round guy they had last year, but uh, Greg Rousseau is really the only guy that makes uh, a lot of sense here. So I'm going to go with the upside play here and, and Rousseau out of Miami. As long as you didn't say Marvin Wilson, I'm completely okay with this selection. <laughs> what? what? That, that's, such a, uh, that's such a Dave Gettleman guy, though. Marvin yeah, Wilson another defensive tackle. <laughs> uh, okay, wait, who's up now? It's Oh, it's back up to me with the other New York team with the New York Jets. This is a team in a, a very interesting spot because if they're picking this high, they're probably going to need a bit of an offensive boost. We've got a receiver on the board here who is somewhat of a slam dunk, not playing this season. I think I'm going to have to go in that direction. There's still not a, a full receiving group for Sam Darnold. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase here. Might as well get some good options for Sam Darnold to throw to and make him a very, very happy camper. I love that pick. I love it so much. You know, I, I, I've been so heavy onto the let's surround Sam Darnold and see what we actually have here. And for me, like Jamar Chase, that's a great starting point, obviously. And, and with the seventh pick, I think Jamar Chase is a top five player in the class. So I love the value. 
I love the fit. I think that's an awesome pick. Yeah, there's no doubt that the Jets need wide receiver help. I mean, you see what's gone through with this training camp. They have no bodies there. They just don't have anyone no. but Jamison Crowder. That's that's the only guy they have healthy. So And Denzel uh, Mims is wait, is he hurt right now? Yeah, yeah, he's back and forth between being hurt and not. He, he you know, it, it's it's just a bad situation. I mean, Denzel Mims, he'll get healthy. Uh, but if the, if you're looking at that guy being your number one receiver probably going into 2021, uh, you know, getting getting through this year, if you're looking at Denzel Mims being your wide receiver one, I don't love that situation. So so grabbing Jamar Chase is a, is a great is a great selection here. I think for the New York Jets. I'll tell you what though, I do not like my situation here with number eight for the Lions. I'm looking around here and I'm like, dude, because. Kenny Galladay is a free agent after this year. Marvin Jones is a free agent after this year. The, the perfect situation would be if you're letting one of those guys walk that maybe Jamar Chase falls into their lap. So now I'm like, is there a wide receiver that I would take right there now? For me, it's a couple slot guys after him, right? Like I like Jalen Waddle mm-hmm. a little bit. I, le- I love Rondale Moore. But slot is not really the spot that I want to look at and upgrade. If anything, I want a bigger wide receiver so I think I have to steer clear of wide receivers. So like the next conversation is biggest needs, linebacker, corner. Like where am I going here? I'm going to go a little off the wall because I feel like I do sometimes. I'm going to go because I think a lot of people are going to pencil in maybe Dylan Moses here since Jared Davis has never turned into a great valuable linebacker for them, former first-round pick out of the University of Florida. So I'm going to go here with a guy that you guys all know I'm a huge fan of, Nick Bolton linebacker from Missouri. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a high spot for Bolton. Yeah. I love Bolton, man. I love him. Now you're a fan. I mean, you're, you're backing up what you preach. So, I mean, I'm, I'm here for, I think linebackers a a good move there. If they don't get Jamar chase to fall to him, like you said, uh, I didn't expect you to go him that early, but, uh, I knew you'd probably figure out a way to get him in the first round. Uh, just cause it's just a, it's just a, (laughs) you know, it's your guy, but, um, but to get him at eight, whoo, that's a little rich for me. I'm a, I'm a Bolton fan, uh, not eight. That that one I just can't get on board with. I just didn't know where to go there. Like, yeah, like tough, if, if anything, would, if another, if anything, I would have I would have done another hot take and put JC Horn there to Detroit. So either way, I was going to get mm. somebody with a little bit of a backlash there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and with that pick, puts me on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals at nine um obviously need help on both sides of the interior personally um i don't think taking a guard or center uh top 10 is is really valuable you're not uh you know what i'm gonna go with marvin wilson from florida state Uh, i think he's a a borderline top 10 talent uh, I think he's right there in that 8 through 12 range as far as in his class. I'm getting him in that range. I think that's good value, and they need someone on that interior to uh, to help out Chandler Jones and the rest of that pass rush get to the quarterback, get in the backfield. All right. I, hey, I mean, Marvin Wilson's a good football player. I'm like a little hot and cold with him sometimes, though. Like, I know we talked about it on the show a little bit when we broke down interior defensive linemen. Like, I think he's just so technically re- refined. I think that he has great hands. Everything's good. I'm just really struggling to see like what the upside is though. Like I feel like he's kind of a finished product and, and that's no like slight against him because he's a, he's a really good football player right now. I'm just like, is he top 10 for me? Like I, I'm just, I'm just kind of like struggling with him a little bit. Say the first time I went through him, 
I, I wasn't overly impressed second time going around. I, I, I came around on him a little bit more. I think when it's all said and done, though, I think he'll be, like I said, in that 8 through 12 range for me uh, just because I like the upside. Like you said, he's technically refined. And Arizona is one of those teams, I think, with Kyler Murray, with DeAndre Hopkins uh, on that offense, Chandler Jones in the, in the secondary that they have right now, they could compete here in the next couple of years. So you need to get someone that can help you year one, year two, not so much a developmental guy. And I think Marvin Wilson can be that. Fair enough. So it appears that they are bolstering their defense in back-to-back seasons. Up at 10 for me, the Las Vegas Raiders. This, I think, has to be one of the more difficult teams to figure out because they're not a complete roster, but I, I can't really exactly pinpoint their major weakness. They could be fishing for a quarterback. There's no one on the board right now that's actually worth taking. Brock Purdy, make it happen, Joe. Oh my God! Yeah, Brad Brock Purdy at ten. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, I'm sure uh, John Gruden would love to have Brock Purdy at ten. So if I'm just trying to think here, they drafted a corner last year. They also drafted a receiver last year, and that's Wait. where a lot of what what, what were you going to interject with there, Ryan? I was just going to say they didn't draft a good corner though, so that's they, always on yeah, the table. They, yeah, um. Crap, I'm actually – I am legitimately a little bit stumped right here trying to figure out what would be a good move for them. Um, I mean, I guess you could go safety, but, like, I don't know how much of a a huge upgrade. Oh, man, this is <laughs> – It's a tough I, one. It is. It's this tough. is this has to be the toughest pick out of any of, uh, any of the spots at 10 because I think any player – before up up earlier you know what actually i think i have a sense and you guys aren't going to agree with this i'm going to go with dylan moses from alabama no i don't hate it it. i don't hate it i don't hate it okay no i i like that you know they need linebacker help obviously uh with what they have at the linebacker position dylan moses high upside pick uh and when you're faced with this decision that I i thought he was the only choice to be honest with you so uh i was overthinking it i was looking right past him and then it it occurred to me i'm like i'm looking I'm staring him right down that he should have been he should have been the pick. That that's where my that's where my mind went to too. I went to Dylan Moses a little bit just because like the linebackers have been such a bad group for a long time. Now if you you have Nick Kwiatkowski with um uh from the Rams Corey Littleton from the Rams coming over there and you add Dylan Moses to that group like that all of a sudden your second level is one of the best in the NFL so, uh, it, in a very qu- short amount of time too. This every single every single mock draft I do, I give the Chargers the same guy, and I'm going to continue to do it because I can't see Sam Tevy at offensive tackle. I cannot do it anymore. So Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from Texas, put him in immediately. He's a upgrade at either offensive tackle spot. Really talented athlete. Needs to get a little stronger. But when we talk about projecting players, you can always get stronger. Those baseline traits as far as athleticism and length, you can't teach those things, but you can get bigger and you can get stronger. So Samuel Cosme, high upside pick, potential starting left tackle in the league for a long time. All right, that brings me up with my Atlanta Falcons. Um, That's a fix. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? I think he did it on purpose. Uh, but I think what you what you laid out for Sam Cosme to the Chargers makes so much sense. I mean, like you said, the offensive tackle position, there's a reason you're doing it over and over. They need help there, especially bringing in a young quarterback. He'll probably start at some point this season. 
Uh, I I just don't love the tackle position for that Chargers team. They got to protect. Uh, they have all the weapons on offense. Also, the Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. Uh, but you got to protect the quarterback at the end of the day to make those guys work. Uh, but back to the Falcons, since I didn't talk about your pick at all. Um, I don't love this spot. I don't love the Falcons roster. Uh, we're I don't think a, anyone does. Yeah, we're like, in a, we're like in a middling area where we're good enough. That's why we're picking what where we're at, 12 now uh, for this, this mock draft. I mean, we're kind of in the middle. We're stuck in this. Matt Ryan's going to win you a bunch of games. Julio Jones is going to win you some games. But I don't think we have the depth to withstand a full season to compete Alex, for can a you, Super Alex, can you draft a new head coach? Uh, you know, <laughs> we might have to. We might have to work something out. Uh, Roger Goodell, can we get on that? Uh, I would love to take – who who would I take? If I could take a s- s- head coach. Dabo Sweeney, oh. easy. Yeah, easy yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, I was overthinking it. I was trying to think like, ah, you know, Cliff went to Arizona. Let's think of someone that's spunky. Um no, Spunky. you know, shut up. <laughs> um, okay, so my initial thought here is go with this hybrid kind of guy that can help on the defense and Homs and Dean. But then let's just make a strength to strength. You know, Kansas City does it. It works. Um, so the Falcons, we have Julio Jones on the outside. Oh, my, oh my God. Calvin Ridley kind of plays outside, inside, kind of versatile. Uh you know what? We're just You're not going to do fun. it. Which who do you think I'm going to take? A receiver? If yeah. Which oh no, make we're making a sense. strength. <laughs> we are making a strength the strength. We are making this an explosive offense. We I was going to go offensive line. I was thinking offensive line. But then you got to think they've invested so much in the offensive line the last couple years. You know, we still have Alex Mack, we still have Jake Matthews. We we drafted Chris Lindstrom uh, in last year's draft as well as Caleb McGarry. Say what you want about that pick. And then we just brought in Matt Hennessy from from Temple with that second round pick that the Patriots gave us for Muhammad Sanu. That's another story. Um, so there's not really an offensive line spot that's that's needed right this second. You know what? Like I said, I'm making a strength to strength, and I'm going to go Rashad Bateman, my wide receiver two, to play opposite Julio Jones, move Calvin Ridley inside, allow his athleticism to uh do well in those quick slants and those those short to intermediate routes over the middle Hayden Hurst we've heard good things I think this offense could be tremendous I'm going Rashad Bateman to Atlanta I I don't hate that man like if you had him and Julio outside and you you stick Ridley mostly in the slot and let him be maybe a Z and you motion him and do short motions do a bunch of different things it's a scary proposition I'll say that at least yeah, no, it, we're kind of we're kind of saying screw the defense, uh, but I think the Falcons have good pieces on defense. Uh, I think we're missing an, uh, a pass rush presence on the outside, but I don't love the value of anybody uh, from an edge rush perspective at this range. I don't like Quincy Roche. Uh, I don't like him being talked about as first round. I guess I could have went Carlos Basham, but that's just not fun. Uh, it's not a sexy pick. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna make a strength to strength. I'm gonna make sure this is gonna compete with. Kansas City and the other top offenses is one of the best offenses in the NFL. See, I would have thought if you ended up with the Falcons, your team, you would have gone and fixed something. But for some reason, your way of helping this team was adding a guy that might not get that many touches for a few years because he's playing in the shadow of Julio and Calvin Ridley. Nonetheless, though, you know, it's your team. You're picking 
picking another receiver, which they seem to love to do. I'm going to go with here with the Miami Dolphins at 13. They need to continue to work on that offensive line. There's a pretty good interior guy. This is going to be a slight reach in my opinion, but I'm going to go with Creed Humphrey. Boo. Boring. Uh, come on. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that pick. No, there's nothing Joe, wrong with Joe, we had, we had Tua's friend Jalen Waddle on the board to pair uh, with two point. towers, a wide receiver. That was the pick, Joe. That was the pick. Well, I didn't go in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> You're the GM, yeah, so what am I saying? <laughs> No, that's a good pick, though. I like it. Uh, like you said, Miami has a lot of talent. Uh, I think showing up more of the offensive line, especially having two as your quarterback of the future, is never a, uh, a bad selection. Um, two has obviously dealt with his injuries, as we all know. And if you can protect him, do so. So grabbing Creed Humphrey here is I, – I like it personally. You want, you want to talk about a tough pick? This Bears pick at 14, I'm looking at – I'm just like, dude, like I don't – Wait, where am I going with this? I'm just looking at quarterback. Quarter, yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy time. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy time. Um, man. Chicago. Yeah, this is it's, tough. Their corners are bad, right? Do they still have Fuller? Oh, they just yeah. drafted Johnson too, right? They have Johnson and yeah. Fuller. That's not that bad. Then forget it. Um, Jalen Johnson oh. just made that good for you. I, I like Jalen Johnson a little bit, but uh, right. see, I, I guess we'll d- agree to disagree there. <laughs> Johnson and Fuller, look, like this is a little early for Brock Purdy, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Offensive line could always use an upgrade. I Jamie Newman want- just opted out. Yeah, well, good for him. He can opt out into the fourth <laughs> round. That doesn't make him a top 14 Wait, pick. wait, wait, guys. <laughs> My guy Kyle Trask should be the pick. Oh now, my god! I'm, I'm going to go with one of my guys. I'm going to go with one of my guys here, or I guess we should say one of our guys, Alex. We just talked about him a lot, and we gave him a lot of hype here. So they have Eddie Jackson, who's one of the best deep cover safeties in the NFL. I'm going to give him Hanson Dean here to play oh. that strong safety role to come down, play some like cover that. three, come down, uh, curl flat defender, do some things in the box, play man to man coverage, do a lot of different variation of things. He not only improves the back end because Eddie Jackson does not have a running mate right now that is worth anything at safety, but also he brings something to your second level of the defense that's lacking a little bit too. So a little surprise pick there. Thompson is Sarah Dean to the Chicago Bears. Now a versatile defender like that is always a a good pick. Uh, The Bears are hoping, I I guess Bears fans are hoping uh, that they could end up with a quarterback. Um, But if they're picking this late, which is kind of crazy that they're, what are they picking? Fourteen in this mock draft? Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if they win that many games. So uh, I think I think when it's all said and done, I think they're going to be higher than where where they're at in mock drafts currently. Personally, uh, I guess that defense is going to win them some ball games, help them stay in some ball games. So um, yeah, that's just a, that's a tough situation for Chicago. But Hamson Ashiladine, very good player, top twenty makes sense. Uh, I like to pick personally. Yeah, and right now they have Dion. Oh, Alex, can you wrap other- us up? Or are you gonna? Sorry, ahead, I, I was just—I was just saying, and and right now their their safety opposite of Eddie Jackson is Dion Bush, which is not ideal. So I think it's an immediate upgrade. Mm. Yeah, for sure. All right, Alex, wrap us up. Let me guess—you're probably going to take a, another receiver for a team that has a lot of receivers. No, they took too many <laughs> this year. They what did they take? <laughs> KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. They got Cortland Sutton. 
Their tight ends are good. Noah Fan. They brought in his uh, uh, Drew Locke's running mate from Missouri, Albert Okawebanam. Um, so I think they're good as far as that goes. Unfortunately, as much as I'd love to take a receiver here, um, personally, I'm a big fan of Drew Locke. I think he's. Uh, I had him graded higher than Dwayne Haskins. Um, if you, you want a Same. little throwback there, I think he is the better quarterback, and I think and I think so far it's it's lived up to that. So. Um, I think that he's going to be a good leader there. I think now that he has weapons all over the field um, to grow with, I mean, all of them are young too. Even Cortland Sutton, who's been there for a couple of years, is still only like 24. Uh, so good group of young uh, young core on the offensive side of the football. I'd love to go tackle here. Uh, don't love the value. I don't think Garrett Bowles is a, uh, going to be there very much longer. Don't think he's lived up to that first-round caliber. So I'm going to take it to the defensive side of the football try to balance this out a little bit as I think this offense is going to be good over the next few years. And I'm looking at the cornerback position. A.J. Bouye is there, aging. Um, how good is he going to be? You know, corners usually start to – once they get past 30 is when they start, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Getting worse pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm going to go corner. And I'm going to – can't believe this guy is still here at 15, but I'm going to go Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Uh, just from a size, speed, athleticism standpoint, I think this is a guy that can do a lot of damage. And I think playing in the division they're playing, uh, you got to have corner help. You can't, you can't let that be a problem. I mean, you're playing against the Chiefs and all that speed. You're playing against the Chargers. You got big boy on one side, Mike Williams, and you got uh, in the slot, Keenan Allen, who who's one of the best route runners in the NFL. I think that you have to have uh, good corners on the outside. So uh, I'm going to go Caleb Farley. I can't believe he's still here at 15. I can believe it. This isn't a second round mock draft, so I'm good with it. (laughs) (laughs) That is terrible. I can't believe you're so low on him. It's ridiculous how low you are on Caleb Farley. Would you have him as cornerback five? Cornerback five, Caleb Farley. Man, that's – I just think the tools in their – in themselves warrants a higher ranking than that. I mean, golly. And I think, and I remember our conversation. I think the biggest difference between our views on Caleb Farley is his ability to play in press man coverage. Uh, I'm a little bit higher on him in that regard than you are. So um, I think that's where we see the biggest difference, but I think this is a first round caliber player. Um, I don't know if I'm buying the top 10 hype necessarily uh, that some people have had him in the top 10 overall. I think he's closer to that 15 range. So I think this is good value. I think this is about where where I would like to see him go, where I think he he should be valued at. So yeah, Celeb okay, Farley, Alex, you're, a, oh. you're you're a great evaluator. It's just, you know, so we're we're all wrong once in a blue moon. So it's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a closing thought and a half. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh so Celeb Farley ends the the mock draft for us. He is the last player selected. <laughs> Folks, thanks for tuning in and listening to this mock draft. We're gonna I'm gonna make sure we look back and save this document for when we're doing our mock draft at the end of the college football season. We can compare the two, we can talk about it and how things have drastically changed. But thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, follow Ryan at Rise and Draft. And follow Alex at Alex Gilstrap. Also follow Believe Podcasts at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.